0: Before we get into the message tonight, I have a little story I want to share with you, and it would kind of lead us into uh, what I want to speak on for uh, just a few minutes. But uh, when I was 17 years old, I, I found myself sitting in a uh, office of a future employer. I was sitting there for my very first inter- uh, uh, interview, and uh, we was going through the interview process. Uh, he was asking me all kinds of questions. Why, why did I feel like this would be the job for me and all this different things. And um, and I was answering them the best I could. I, I, I mean, the best thing to do in an interview is be honest. And when they ask you what makes you qualified for that job, you just tell them what you can do, what you offer, what you bring to the table, and you just be honest because if you're not honest in an interview it will come back to get you so you always prepare always be honest but i was going through the interview process and of course it got to the point where he offered me the job i took it but you know when you go for a job and you get hired to do that job it's good to know what you're going to be doing what what are the job description? What are you supposed to do? Because if you went out and got a job and your boss said, okay, get out there on the floor and get the stuff done, you're just going to be like, what am I do? What do I supposed to do? How do I supposed to do it? How do I get the job done? When do I know the job is done so I can go home? What are the, qualif- what are the things that we need to know how to get the job that we are supposed to do done those things are called job descriptions and uh, of course at that time i was uh, uh, trying to be a what they call a bus boy back then and uh, basically the job descriptions was for me when i first came into the job i clocked in i washed all the dishes that was left behind from the cooks from the pre- preparation of all the food had to get all the dishes cleaned. Then I had to take shrimp and start cutting them open, do veining them, putting them through the batter, and get them ready for fried shrimp. Then, as we opened up the restaurants, my job was to make sure the tables got cleaned, dirty dishes got to the back, separate it, and then wash the dishes. Now, if you know that's in your job description, then you know what to do. And that's where I was. Now, let's look at this from the point of view of becoming a Christian. After we give, a kneel at an altar or wherever that place is in our life, when we give our life to Christ and we say, God, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life and change my life. We are signing up for a job. Everyone that calls herself born-again believers has accepted a job from Christ, from God. And that job is to see others come to Him. That's part of the description of making disciples. And that's what we're going to kind of be looking at tonight, is looking at what our job description as a Christian is. Our main text for the night is found out of Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And it says, And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and, lo, I am always uh, with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So what we are going to look at tonight is five descriptions of our job as a Christian. First off, we are to pray and have a relationship with Christ, not only to have that relationship, but also to gain knowledge to know what He needs us to do in first timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 it says therefore i exhort first all of the supplications the prayers intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence for this is good and acceptable In the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. When we pray and have that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, that's going to help us to grow, to know what God expects out of us, to know how we need to live as an example for people, because that's what we are called to be. We are to be Christ-like. We have to be just like Christ. So we have to, in order to be like Christ, we got to know him, not just know of him by coming to church and listening to a pastor preach, but we got to know him personally. You got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the only way you're going to do that is have a fervent prayer life. That means you're talking to God every single day, not some little lay me down to sleep prayer. But seriously praying, Lord, you see where I'm at. You know what is in my life. I need salvation each and every day. I need that repentance heart. That way, when I make a mistake, I can say, Lord, forgive me, cleanse me, so I can be what you want me to be. So to gain the knowledge. And then also, as we are praying and really seeking out what God wants uh in our personal lives he's also going to gain put into knowledge what he wants you to do who he wants you to talk to how he's wanting you to go into ministry whatever area of ministry it is because we've all been called into the ministry because every one of us the bible tells us to go into the uttermost parts of the earth and preach the good news So we've all been called. It doesn't matter if you're going to be a full-time evangelist or a full-time pastor, but we all have been called. So we have to gain the knowledge that God wants us to know what we need to do. And the only way we can do that is through by prayer. Number two, to see the need around us and to be willing to meet those needs. A lot of times, there are people that are hurting. There are people that are needing a little bit of help. But if we are so concerned about ourselves, we can miss those things. So we have to get to our, into our mind that we need to put ourselves not first. And I know that is very, very uncommon in our society. It's all about me. It's all about I. But it's really not. The way God wants us to live is He wants us to put others first. We can see this in, in Scripture over in Psalms chapter 113, verses 6 through 9. And I want you to understand the book of Psalms is a book of songs. And it says, Who humbles himself to behold the the things that are in the heavens and in earth? He raises the poor out of the dust and he lifts. The needy out of the ash heaps, that he may sit with him with princes, with the princes of his people. He grants the bearer women a home like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Basically, what that is saying is that God loves other people. He, he loves us so much. And we found that over in John 3:16. that is so familiar. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so we have to take his example. He loved others. He loved the, your, He loves you. That he gave his only son to die for you. That way you would have everlasting life. And in the same term, if we are truly being like God, then we are to love others no matter how rotten people can be. We have to put others first. And if we are looking around and if we see somebody that needs something, sometimes it's just as easy as encouragement than they need. And if we just walk over to, to them and say, how's your day going? Or, you know, God has helped me and blessed me in so many ways. Can I just share how God has been good to me? Not to rub it in their face, but just to let them know that you love God and and also just to show them how God has blessed them or blessed you. And in the same way, and at the end, you can always say, you know, God has done so much for me, and he's wanting to do the same for you. All you have to do is give your life to Christ. It's very simple. All we have to do is pay attention to those around us and meet the needs that are around us. Be willing to serve, point number three. You know, when you start seeing needs around us, the next point is just be willing to to say, God, I see the hurting. I see the needs around me. But, you know, I'm just a teenager. There's not a whole lot I can do. So, God, will you send somebody that will take care of them? No, just because you're a teenager doesn't mean anything. God can use you to meet those needs. And God can give you What what you need in order to meet the needs, just because you don't have a whole lot of money, just because you don't have all the knowledge of the Bible does not mean that you cannot be used, that you cannot encourage somebody, that you not cannot meet the need of somebody. If you see somebody struggling to get out of a door that has an armful, just go up and open the door. You see somebody struggling with groceries. Say, can I help you? I'll take this to your car or I'll bring this inside for you. One thing that I was able to do while I was serving as a youth pastor at another church is I was able to go up to the school every single day or at least once a week. I'll try to get there as much as possible. But... One of the things that I was able to do is while I was up there eating lunch with my students, I just very simply started grabbing a dustpan and a broom and going around this cafeteria and just sweeping. A lot of people looked at me and said, you don't work for the school. You're not a janitor. Why are you doing that? I don't have to be employed somewhere to do something nice for someone else. I was up there, I seen the, the dirty floor, the cafeteria workers were busy trying to do everything else. Why can't I just pick up a dustpan and a broom and start picking up trash for them? Very simple. Walking around the school, you see your teacher struggling, say, can I help? You see trash all over the school, campus, Pick it up, throw it in a trash can. Very simple things to help somebody, to lighten somebody's load. That is what we are called to do, to help bear someone else's troubles and to encourage. So be willing to serve, step out of your comfort zone, step out of what is expected of you and do something nice for someone else. You know, a lot of times, Pastors get this reputation of being the head of the church, and they are. But there are some pastors that get to the point where they get kind of big-headed sometimes. And when they are needing to have a toilet plunged or to clean a toilet, they don't want to do it because it's out of their job description. But if it's something that needs to be done, we need to be willing to be served. You cannot be a leader without being a servant first. You have to be a follower instead uh, to be a leader. So be willing to be used in a way. And as you are willing to be used, God's going to promote you up the ladder to different things. As soon as you can prove that you are faithful in the small things, He's going to give you more responsibility. When you prove that you can handle that, he's going to give you a little bit more. Once you prove you can do that, he's going to give you a little bit more. So be willing to be s- serve. Be willing to serve. Number four, to give. In Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 27, He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who h- hides his eyes will have many curses. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Now, I know a lot of times as pastors, we kind of get categorized that we're, every time we talk about giving, it's money. I don't want to talk about money at this moment because God, yes, he does command us to give 10% of our earnings to the church the furtherance of his work. But also when it means to give, it means to give more than just money. We are to give of ourselves. We are to give of our time. And let's bring this back to when I was working at Butcher's Steak and Seafood there in Dumas. When I first got my first job, if I wasn't willing to give up my time to come to work, when I was supposed to, do you think I would have that job very long? No. If I started calling my boss, say, oh, well, I can't come in today because I've got this other deal to do. Or I can't come in today because I just don't want to work today. I wouldn't have that job very long because I'm not willing to give up my time to do what he's hired me to do. And in the same way, as Christians, we have to be willing to give of ourselves in order to do what God has called us to do. When you accepted Christ into your life, you have signed on to a full-time job because this world around us is dying and going to hell, and we have the answer. We have what it takes for them not to go to hell. And we have to give ourselves, we have to give them our time and go out to those and witness to them to share the gospel, to give a little bit of knowledge to them. And sometimes that takes work because you've got to build a relationship with people. Because if you just walk up to them and say, if you don't give your life to Christ, you're going to die and go to hell. They're going to tune you out right there. But if you take time, you show interest in what they do, and you build a relationship with them, then when it comes to a tough time in their life, they will be more out to listen to you about Christ. So it takes work. It takes time. It takes a commitment to build a disciple. It's just like we were talking about this morning. pastor made a comment where, To make disciples, it don't stop when you bring somebody to Christ. When somebody accepts Christ and you or lead them to Christ, the work only begins. Because after they come to Christ, they are a new baby in Christ and they need to be taught. They need to be taught how to live. They need to be taught how to study God's Word. They have to, a lot of times they need to be taught how to pray. So it takes. A commitment to them that you're going to be there every step of the way and say hey if you need my help i'm right here i don't care if it's at two o'clock in the morning you just give me a call i'll talk with you i'll pray with you it takes a commitment so you have to give of yourself give of your time part of the job that god has called us to make disciples and lastly to tell about Jesus and what he has done for us. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. It says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, this is one that a lot of Christians does not like. But this is part of the job description that God has given us. We are to go into all of the world preaching the gospel. Tell the good news. Doesn't, it doesn't say send the pastor, send the youth pastor, send the evangelist, send the missionary. It says all to go. Every single one of us to go out and preach the gospel. You don't have to be a pastor of the church. They preach what's in the Word of God. All you have to do is while you're studying and applying it to your life and then just share it with someone. But that is the hardest one for anybody to get, get to the realization. And the reason why it's a hard one for us is because we are afraid of what people are going to say about us. We are afraid We don't want our friends to think we're some kind of weirdos. But guess what? It doesn't matter. Because if you are a true, born-again believer, you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, then your destiny is already made. You are going to heaven as long as you keep your life pleasing to God. But yet, you're going to let your best friend die and go to hell because you're afraid of what they're going to think? not wise i much rather have a best friend think i'm some kind of weirdo and at least i give them the opportunity to accept jesus christ as their savior than it is to stand before jesus one day because we're all going to do it but stand before jesus and he says you know What about your best friend? What did you do to lead him to Christ or lead him to me? And I'm just standing there like. I didn't want to lose him as a friend. So I didn't talk to him. You think God is going to be pleased with that? No. He's going to want to know why didn't you talk to your friend about me? And the thing is. We need to do it, not just because God commands us, but because we love God so much for for saving our soul, we should want to make sure our friend is going to be up in heaven with us. How are we to change the world around us if we have the right answer and don't share it? Our world around us is in bad shape. I know as teenagers, you're not, you don't like to keep up with politics and all, but our society is in a bad, bad shape. And if Christians don't step up and tell our country, if we don't start making right decisions, decisions for God, what's right for God, then our country is going to continue to get worse. Now, we know the Bible foretells it. We know we're preparing for the rapture. But nowhere in the Bible does it ever tell the Christians, oh, well, it's just going to get bad, so y'all just hang in there till I come. No, God tells us to the very day we are taken out of this Earth, we are to preach the gospel. Now, I could have taken this message a whole lot deeper, there could have been a whole lot more job descriptions, but I do believe these five that I talked about tonight is a good foundation of a job description for Christians to pray, to have that relationship with Jesus Christ, to gain knowledge of what he wants us to do, to see the need around us and be willing to meet it, be willing to serve, to give and to tell all about Jesus Christ. And I promise, young people, if you start putting that into practice. Then you are going to see a difference, not only in your life, but in the world around you. And as this church is growing and we are starting to move into the next phase, as we are starting to look at the new facilities. We as a youth group have got to start looking at God. What is our purpose as a youth group at New Song? We have got to start having a vision for this church, for this youth group. And if we can take these job descriptions that he has given us tonight and start putting them into play in our life, then we're going to find out what God is wanting to do through New Song Youth Ministries. We don't have to wait till we get into our new building. We can start tonight on what God is wanting to do through our first in our life and then through our lives we got to start cashing out a vision for the young people of this area. All the youth in this area, we need to start casting out a vision for them and saying, no, Satan, you can't have these young people. God loved me so much that he gave his son to die upon that cross, but he also gave his life upon that cross for them. And I need to do what I need to do to reach out to them. So with every head bowed, every eyes closed, we're just going to spend the next few moments in prayer. And we're going to pray that God would begin to take these jobs descriptions that we talked about tonight and begin to bear it in our souls that we will make it a personal endeavor to meet every one of those job descriptions, that we can do everything that has been set out for us to do so we can begin to gain that vision for these young people all around us, that none shall perish, but they all should have everlasting life. Dear and the Father, we come to you tonight. We just thank you and praise you for all that you do for us. We thank you for dying up on that cross, that you sent your Son to die up on that cross for my sins, for the sins of everyone in this room, but also everyone in this world, Lord. And we just pray that you would just begin to take these truths, And begin to bear it in our hearts that we will have the passion and the desire to have that relationship to pray with you and to talk with you each and every day to gain your wisdom about you in our life. But also begin to use us to give us knowledge of what you would have us to do, Lord. But also we pray that you would begin to just work in our lives and be able to let us see the needs Of the hurting around us. And that we will also be willing to meet those needs. Whatever it is, Lord, use us. Let us give of ourselves, the give of our time to reach out to the hurting around this area. Let them know that you love them. And then we just follow up and just be willing to tell people about your love and your mercy and your grace. I thank you for every student that's in this room. I just pray for them daily and that you would just continue to work in their hearts. You know everything about them. And I pray if there's anything in their life that is not pleasing to you, that you would begin to stir in the heart that they would repent of their sins. Make you Lord and Lord and Savior of their lives and that you would begin to start a work in their lives. You know, everything they deal with on a daily basis, we pray that you would work on their behalf and that you would be with them as they go through the trials and the different things in it and that you would encourage them and strengthen them each and every day, Lord. I pray also that you would start to bear that vision. Our purpose as New Song Student Ministries into our lives, begin to let it stir in us. And let us come together with this vision and that we are going to bind together as a youth group under New Song Student Ministry to reach out to the lost and dying teenagers of this area. I thank you and I praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.